coming to you from the Deep South. This is the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast. High impact leadership is not reserved for leaders, and it has nothing to do with your position, title, or rank. However, it does have everything to do with your character. It's time to climb to the next level and beyond, personally and professionally. Now, let's start making it happen with your host, Max Story. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to take a few moments and give you a preview of what you're about to hear and also direct you to some other series that I already have uh, completed on my podcast. So you're about to listen to Blue Collar Kaizen leading lean and lean teams. You're listening to a 30-part series on that. Today's episode is just one of 30. Uh, It's specific to lean leaders, lean managers, anyone who's leading teams of people through process improvement and continuous improvement projects, Six Sigma, those kind of things. It's not about the tools and the methods and all that. It's about how to lead teams of people. So any leader, anybody at any level can get value from this. But I just want you to know that's what this series is about. It's about that specific book. So hope you enjoy it. But but I have some other series that may interest you if this series does not. Got a lot of episodes already out there. But I have a book called Blue Collar Leadership, Leading from the Front Lines. It's all about how to become a high-impact individual, how to become an a sought-after employee of choice, uh, an employee that people want to hire and want to promote. That series, there's a 30-part series, starts at episode 65. I have another series on my book, Blue Collar Leadership and Supervision, Unleash Your Team's Potential. That book is for, for leaders, formal authority leaders who want to learn how to effectively lead people. That series, 30-part series, starts at episode 111. I have another series. It's an 11-part series on my book, 10 Foundational Elements of Intentional Transformation, How to Become Your Best Self. That series starts at episode 158. I have another series on my Blue Collar Leadership and Culture, The Five Components for Building High-Performance Teams. That book is really for the top leader, and it's how, how you... How do you become the sought-after employer of choice? It's a 30-part series. It begins at episode 179. My wife, Rhea, and I, this year in 2021, the theme for for my podcast this year was all about change. That's why I'm doing this series on Blue Collar Kaizen, Leading Lean and Lean Teams, because it's all about leading teams through change. But we have a a 15-part series we, we recorded together on our book, Change Happens, Leading Yourself and Others Through Change. That series starts at episode 211. And then this Blue Collar Kaizen Leading Lean and Lean Team series, the one you're about to listen to, a one of the uh, episodes of, it started at episode 230 and will be a 30-part series. So it's going to take a little while to finish it. hope you find value in some of these series. Let's get to today's podcast. Hello, everyone. Thanks for stopping by today. Today, we're going to take off and get started on chapter 18 of 30 in this 30-part series on the Blue Collar Kaizen, Leading Lean, and Lean Teams. So today's chapter 18 is titled, Be a Leader. And the subtitle is, Processes and Things Don't Think and Feel, But People Do. 
So I'm going to share an opening quote with you. And then I'm going to tell you just to uh, give you a little uh, story. And then I'm going to teach you some stuff today. And again, we're talking about leading teams of people effectively. So the thing you got to do, obviously, is be a leader. But a lot of people don't choose to be a leader. They choose to manage people. So this opening quote is from Daniel Burris. And he says, managers change behavior. Leaders change the way you think without you realizing it. And as a leader of people, that's what you have to do. You've got to change the way they think, and you got to make it their idea. So I'm going to give you an example. You know, over the years, I've seen a lot of people who maybe they want to go get lean certified or they go to a process improvement seminar or a conference or something like that, and they get taught some stuff. They pick up some nuggets, and they, and they fired up. These leaders are fired up to go back and, and make an impact back in their department or on their, on their work team or where, wherever it is. So a manager of people, they're going to go learn some stuff. Then they're going to go back to the workplace and start implementing. They're going to pull everybody together or pull a small meeting or maybe a big meeting. They're going to pull everyone together and they're going to start telling them what they learned and they're going to start telling them what they need to change. And then they're going to start giving them directions on what needs to be changed and how to actually go change it. And then they're going to implement the change. And a lot of people may be listening and thinking, man, that's great. I, I wish my leaders would do that in my organization, uh, especially if you're a leader of leaders and you send people to a conference and they come back and they do nothing. You're like, man, I wish they would do what you just said. Well, there's something better than what I just said, because what I just described was uh, management of people. And again, we don't want to be managers of people. We want to be leaders of people. So let's say a leader attended that same conference and that leader understands leadership, understands how to unleash his or her team's potential. What that leader is going to do while they're at the conference, they're going to be taking notes like crazy. They're going to be collecting the, the resources. They're going, they're going to be on point while they're at the conference. They're going to leave the conference and then they're going to do something that leaders do. They're going to go slow to go fast. See, managers they want to go fast and end up going slow. So managers come back and start directing immediately, telling everybody what to do, throwing this nugget out that they learned like they're an expert. And most of the time <laughs> they just learned it like yesterday. But a leader's going to take good notes, going to process it in the space, going to ask a lot of questions. Then when they get back, they're going to review their notes. They're going to reflect on what they learned. They're going to look into the future. They're going to think about their current state and their future state. And then they're going to go back to the workplace, but they're going to do something different. Instead of directing, they, they're going to start actually teaching and educating. They're going to bring what they learned back to the team. Because they can't make it the team's idea if the team don't know anything about it. So a high-impact leader of people, when they get back from a conference, they want to implement some change, especially process improvement. They're going to lead the people through the change through the process improvement. They're going to help make it their idea. So they're going to slow down and they're going to methodically teach them what they learned. They may pull these folks into a classroom setting and actually do a couple hours, or a couple of days, depends on how much they learned and how, how challenging it is to teach it. Or they may go out to the, to the uh, department or the, or the job site and they may just pull a team of two, three, four people together to start talking to them, teaching them. 
if it's something simple. And then they're going to start asking them questions. No matter which way the leader takes the information to the people, when they're done, they're going to start asking questions. They're not going to start giving directions. Even as they go through it, they're going to be asking questions. They may teach a nugget and say, where does that apply in our environment? How could we implement that in our environment? If we implemented that, would it make us better or would it make us worse? If it would make us better, how would it make it make us better? And why would it make us better? What's stopping us from doing that? Now that we know it, maybe we didn't know it until today, but now we know it. And then the leader is going to continue to lead the folks through the process of, of learning and then implementing. But managers of people, they don't do it like that. They just come in, they just start directing. So relative to this book on process improvement and leading teams, that's what I want you to know in this chapter. You've got to lead the team, not manage the team. Too many people think their job is to manage the team, go in and boss the team, go in and be the one that knows the most about everything and tell everybody what to do and, and look like a, a, a knight in shining armor, look like the hero. That's not what leadership's about. The team, leadership is about making the team the hero, the individuals on the team, helping them shine. So as a high-impact lean leader, you must understand the difference between managing and leading in order to do what I described a minute ago. So you must model the appropriate leader behavior and the appropriate managed behavior at the right times for the right reasons in order to give meaning to your words and your actions. There's nothing wrong with management. You need to be a high-impact manager, and you need to be a high-impact leader, and you need to know the difference between the two and when to be in which role for what reason. So telling people what to do is management. That's not leadership. Telling people what to do. That's management of people. Leadership is about helping other people think at a higher level and helping them become responsible for improving themselves and their processes. That's completely different than telling somebody what to do. You can tell somebody what to do all day without raising their level of thinking, without helping them become responsible. And actually, when you're telling someone what to do all day, you're responsible. You're responsible for deciding what they're going to do, when they're going to do it, how they're going to do it. How could you ever expect them to become responsible when you won't allow them the space to become, to become responsible. So allowing them to provide solutions allows them to accept responsibility. And when you're asking them questions, that's what you're doing. You're allowing them to provide solutions. And if you like it, it's easy to get them to buy in. It's their, it's their solution. If you don't like it, you ask a question until you learn something or they learn something. And then they provide either the same solution and now you're bought in or they provide a different solution and, and they're bought in. So either you're going to learn something and buy in or they're going to learn something and buy in. So we must manage things, objects, and processes because they can't think and feel. Management is about competency. You've got to have a high degree of competency to be a high, highly effective manager. However, we should lead people because they do think and feel. People have the freedom to choose to follow you or choose not to follow you. And leadership is about character. 
you see, when I described that little story about the leader going to the conference, coming back, actually the manager, the manager coming back, giving directions, the manager had the competence to manage, but he didn't have the character to lead. But when I told you about the leader who went to the conference and come back, started teaching, obviously had the competency, but to choose to start teaching and to start asking questions was about that leader's character. That's the difference. A manager and a leader both must have competency, but the high-impact leader is going to have a much higher level and degree of character. That's, that's, that's what you're shooting for. If you've listened to me long enough, you know everything that I talk about every day, everything I write about, it's all about character development. And this is why. That's what separates managers, leaders from managers. So when we lead people, we respect them and we treat them as volunteers because they are. People who work in your organization, they're volunteers. They don't have to come back tomorrow. They can quit and leave the company at any time. I, I love when I'm speaking to leaders and I ask them, how much you pay in your volunteers? The first thing they usually say is, uh, we don't have any volunteers. And then I ask them, how many people in your organization, if they decide not to come back to work tomorrow, ever again, can do that? Well, all of them. Nobody has to come back tomorrow if they don't want to. I said, well, that means they're volunteering to come in here every day. So what are you paying your volunteers? See, managers, they just think we're, we're paying the people. I don't have to thank, thank them, thank them for what they're doing. That's why we pay them. Leaders understand the people are volunteering to work in their organization. That's why they thank them for being there. They thank them for contributing. The work, the pay is for the work that the people are doing. The gratitude and appreciation is because those people are choosing to do it in your organization. A lot of, a lot of managers, they don't get that. High-impact leaders, they understand it. As soon as you heard that just now, if you understood it, you got a high-impact leader mindset. If you had to think about it, you, you got the potential to become a high-impact leader. If you disagree completely, you're a manager of people. There's no doubt about it. You don't have to know it. It's just the way it is. It's the truth. Like gravity. You don't have to believe in gravity for gravity to be real. You step off a building, it's going to hurt. You step off the side of a building, it's going to hurt. Same as it's going to hurt the person that believes it, it's going to hurt the person that doesn't believe it. The stuff I'm teaching you are simply principles of high-impact leadership, and they're all true whether you believe them or not. So when we talk about people can quit and leave the company at any time, you know, most associates, most associates, team members who report to managers, low-impact leaders, they do something much worse than quitting. You might be wondering, what, what could that be? What's worse than a, having a team member quit on you and, and leave? There's something a lot worse than that. It's called quitting on you but staying. They quit but stay. And it's act, that's actually called disengagement. But what it, it really is is people quit performing the job at a high level and they're just trying to do the bare minimum to keep their job. That's called disengagement. Research studies for decades have shown that the, the number of people who are disengaged in the workplace is about 
So think about that. You got about 70%. 70 out of every 100 people working have quit but stayed in their organization. They're doing the bare minimum to get by and get a salary. Whether they're making minimum wage or whether they're in a front debt, uh, a front office, big fancy office with a big fancy chair and a nice view out the window. I used to think when I was climbing the ladder that I couldn't wait to climb, you know, climb higher up where all these professional people would be because I realized a lot of people I were, was working with on the front lines, they were there just to, just to get a check, just to get paid. But what I figured out is I, I moved up the ranks. And even today, as I go around and, and speak and teach about leadership development and support leaders all over the country at all different levels, there's a whole lot of leaders at the top. All they try to do is get a check. They're just trying to get a bigger check, but they're doing the bare minimum to get by. That's why there's so, so many poorly led companies. I mean, we're, we're suffering from uh, leadership malpractice in the world. That's what I call it, leadership malpractice. And that's why I do what I do. I'm trying to help grow and develop as many people in as many places as I can to help fix that problem. The problem of people managing people. So as a high impact leader, your mission is the same as my mission. is to engage the disengaged people. At any level, in any place, in any organization. I mean, think about it. Parents are doing it at home. They're, they're trying to, in, a lot of them trying to in, engage the disengaged children that live in their house. Especially some of those teenagers. As they get older, they get less engaged sometimes. And it's because they don't want to follow the parent for whatever reason. These principles apply at home and at work. So I want to leave you today with a, a quote from Jimmy Collins. Again, Jimmy is a, a friend and mentor of mine uh, since 2015. So it's been six years now. Former president, CEO of Chick-fil-A. He's actually been retired from there for for 20 years, spoke to him just the other day, and uh, I think a lot of him. I talk about him a lot. I use a lot of his quotes in my book, and I reference him a lot. That's because he has a powerful message, and he's got an awesome book called Creative Followership in the Shadow of Greatness, and he talks about how he went from being Truett Cathy's third employee uh, in uh, 1967 or 68 to becoming the president of Chick-fil-A and retiring in 2001 after he and Truett had built the Chick-fil-A industry into a $1 billion organization. And today, I mean, it's, if it hasn't reached it yet, it's getting close to $20 billion. But Jimmy's worked there for 33 years. And he talks about how to follow your way to the top. But it's also, he knows a lot about leadership because he was the number two guy at Chick-fil-A basically for 33 years. So Jimmy says this, when we are in the presence of good leadership, we usually are not even aware of it. Everything goes so well that leadership seems unnecessary. It creates the illusion that everything is seamless and smooth. That's what high-impact leaders try to create, that type of environment. You know, when I was reading that, it reminded me of a, of a, a post I saw on LinkedIn today. And I hope you follow me on LinkedIn. I, I hope if you like this podcast, you you subscribe to it, you like it, you share it, you do all that sort of thing because it's free and you can help me 
help make this world a better place simply by, you know, copy and pasting a link, sharing it on your social media or telling your friends about it or that kind of thing. Not going to cost them anything. I don't make any money off of it. I could, I could set this thing up with ads and, and there's other ways that I can make money off this podcast, but I don't do it. And it probably costs me a lot of viewership because if I set it up to make money, that means uh, Spotify is going to make some money and uh, I don't want to make money off of it. So therefore Spotify doesn't get to make any money off of it. But anyway, I was reading LinkedIn today. I'll share this thought with you because I thought, man, that's pretty sharp uh, insight this person sharing. And basically what they were saying was, you know, if, if, you, if your team has been functioning well for the last six months or three months or two months or one month even, while you're trying to hire a leader because you've lost the leader of that group, they left and you're trying to fill that position. If that team's functioning at a high level without a leader, you don't need to be worried about hiring a leader. You need to be worried about promoting someone in that team who is already the leader. Because if the leader steps away and the team keeps right on trucking, that means you already got the leader. Save yourself a lot of time and a lot of headache and, and start promoting from within. I thought, man, that's, that guy's a wizard. It's just common sense. I, and then when I read it, I thought about back through my uh, time in manufacturing, 20 years that I worked in, inside manufacturing companies, how many times I saw that happen. Somebody quit or got terminated or moved within the company or moved to another department or another division within the same company. And then it took HR months to fill the position. Meanwhile, we just kept right on trucking along. Why, why did they need that position to be filled from someone? On the outside, we were already doing the job. We being wh whatever team that was that I'm, I'm reflecting on at the moment. Could have been my team. Could have been one I, I was observing. But the point is, promote somebody from within that team and don't hire anybody. You obviously don't need anybody if they're still making things happen. I just thought, man, that was a good idea. So I'm glad I, I remembered it. I'm glad this quote from Jimmy Collins triggered me to remember to share that with you today. And uh, hope you get some value out of it. You might be a leader trying to replace a leader one day. And if it's taking you some time and the team's still functioning at a pretty high level, you don't need to hire a leader. The team's got it. You just need to figure out which person on the team it is that's actually leading the team. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Talk to you next time. Make it happen or someone else will. It might as well be you. Are you serious about taking your career and your life to the next level and beyond? Check out Max Story's Blue Collar Leadership Series books and others, now available on audio, along with paperback and ebooks at Amazon, iTunes, and Audible. Please visit bluecollarleadership.com to learn about Max books, programs, special offers, certifications, and more. Thank you for listening to the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast.